0: We're in a series going through the book of 2 Timothy. The series is entitled Fulfill Your Ministry. The Apostle Paul is writing to Pastor Timothy, who's a pastor in Ephesus. And, and as he does, the Apostle Paul is, is encouraging Timothy. This, this may well be one of the last, if not the last, letters that the Apostle Paul writes. And so the Apostle Paul is, is helping Timothy uh, to, to know some things that'll help him in his ministry as pastor. Now, a lot of times whenever we run across uh, a book in the Bible like this, a letter like this, we might immediately think, well, I'm not a pastor, so, so that doesn't pertain to me. Um, not so. The Apostle Paul, as he writes to Timothy, really tells us things that, that we all should be about. Now, there are a few particulars as we go along in this letter that, that may be specific for a pastor. But most of it has to do with all of us. In fact, I, I was, uh, it's always fun for me that the way God puts things together, uh, this is just the next passage that we come to in 2 Timothy chapter 3, actually we're in chapter 4 now, and we'll just go through verses 1 through 5, but but this was just next for us, and as I began to study for today, uh, realized you know what, Th- this isn't just good stuff for Pastor Timothy, uh, this isn't just good stuff for Pastor Larry, This is good parenting stuff here that the Apostle Paul writes to us. And you may be thinking, all right, well, I'm not Pastor Timothy and I'm not Pastor Larry and I'm not a parent. You know what? This is just good, godly person stuff here for us. So let's read uh, beginning in chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, And here's what he charges him. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For a time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in the myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, Fulfill your ministry. So, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, and and, and really, I I love the way the the Apostle Paul, I I think he knows that he's writing to to slow people like me. Uh, The Apostle Paul was very well educated. In fact, he was probably one of the most uh, best educated uh, men of his time. He He was a a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He studied under Gamaliel, which was, you know, the Harvard or Yale, whichever way you go, Princeton, or maybe you don't like any of those. It was the New Mexico State. No, I'm kidding. Uh, It it was the elite teaching that you could get at the time. And yet the Apostle Paul makes this very simple uh, for, for people like me. He writes to Timothy And he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. What the Apostle Paul is doing here is setting up the authority by which he charges Timothy. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't a, hey, you know what? It might be good if you did this. You know what, Timothy? You might think about. The Apostle Paul says, Timothy, this is something you should do. In fact, I'm going to charge you, and he's he's basing this on his apostleship, I'm going to charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Now, fun that he says here, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his, by his appearing and his kingdom. Uh, we talked about Jesus' return uh, being eminent in Sunday school this morning. The Apostle Paul is helping Timothy to understand, Timothy, these are things Really, not only that you should do, not that you could do, but, Timothy, these are things that you must do. And I love the way the Apostle Paul breaks it out for him. I, um, I'll apologize ahead of time if this is a short message and you get out a little bit early so you can take, take your mom or your spouse or, or uh, take yourself out to lunch, I, I suppose. But the Apostle Paul lays it out really simply. Paul says, first of all, preach the word. Now, now, I know when I say that to you, you're thinking, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> the, the word that the Apostle Paul uses here it, it is one that means to herald or to proclaim the word. Well, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is, Timothy, you need to be about spreading the word. Now, a lot of times, whenever this is talking, it's just talking about the gospel, and that's probably the primary impetus the Apostle Paul is saying. But that is not all. Remember, the Apostle Paul has been talking to Timothy about coming against false teaching. And I know that whenever I say something like this to a group, preach the word, you're like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I haven't been to seminary. If you don't feel equipped to share the word of God, you want me to tell you what you should do? Get equipped. (laughs) You don't have to go to school. You don't have to go to a seminary. Here's, Here's a cool thing. God uses his spirit and his word to teach us and to change us. So if when you hear me say to you, preach the word, your first thought is, well, I just don't feel adequate. I don't feel equipped to do that. I would just encourage you, start digging into God's word. First of all, God's word is a lot of fun to read. I love it when I read, particularly in the gospels. The, the stuff that, that goes on. There's one, there was a man who was lame from birth, and it's like really messed people up. They didn't know what to do about that because they kind of saw uh, those kind of deformities or, or, or uh, defects as a result of sin. And, and you remember the disciples are walking along with Jesus. Actually, this different guy. This is a guy that was blind from birth. And, and they're walking along with Jesus, and, and, and they say, all right, Jesus, so uh, who sinned, this guy or his parents, that he was born blind? If I'm the blind dude, I'm going to say, hello, blind, not deaf. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. And, and Jesus says, you're not even thinking about that right. God's going to use this to bring glory to himself. He, he, I love this. Creator God, that is God the Son, spits in the dirt, makes some mud, makes the guy some new eyeballs. I really think that's what he did because that's how he formed man to start with. That's God the Son. And 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 tells the guy, to go wash his eyes, sends off Jesus, disappears. The guy's like, you know. And and, and it's such a big deal, they bring him to the temple to, to validate this, this miracle of God. And 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 so the religious leaders are saying, you know, who who did this? And he's like, This guy named Jesus, you know. And and they keep pressing him because they didn't want Jesus to get the glory for this. But there's no doubt a miracle had taken place. And they press him and they press him. And then finally, the guy says something like this. Why do you keep asking? Do you want to be his disciples? (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) stick the turn it just a little bit. Preach the word. Listen, this book, collection of books, actually, that we call the Bible is different from any other writing, It's alive. It's active. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Your translation might say the word of God. Here's the deal. This is the very word of God, and it changes people. God uses his spirit in his word to change. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. How does that happen? That happens by getting God's word into our head and into our heart, and it changes us. It transforms us. Have you ever had somebody that, that, man, you've been praying for? God, would you just save them, Lord? Would you just bring them to faith in Christ? And and we know that that's a work God does in the heart. I I wish I could make someone come to faith in Christ. I wish I could. Man, I tell you, there's not a a sledgehammer I wouldn't buy. (laughs) If I couldn't do that, we're talking about someone's eternity. The truth is we can't change hearts. God can. And, And what I see when I read Romans here is that God's word does that. God's word works in people's hearts like we can't and changes hearts. We're saved by grace through faith, and faith comes from the hearing of the word. Stick into God's word. Be about proclaiming his word. That doesn't mean that you go down the street and beat somebody over the head with the Bible. I'm going to talk about what this looks more like when we get to the last thing that Paul says here, but, but it's conversations that you have with people. You ever had someone ask you a question about the Bible that you didn't know? Has that ever happened to anybody? I'm the only one, I guess. (laughs) and and I think that's a reason that we're afraid to talk with people about Jesus. What if they ask me a question? I don't know. Well, if God is love, then why does he allow evil in the world? I don't know. What am I going to say? See, that's a conversation that you have, and and it's one that I, I think this would be a cool thing if you just invited somebody. You know what? That's a really good question. Why don't you and I meet at Tuesdays? I'm sorry, I was going to say at the coffee shop. Let's meet Thursdays at the coffee shop when they're open because Tuesdays are closed. Let's meet Thursdays at the coffee shop. Let's just meet there and and let's just kind of dig through and see what the Bible says about that. That's a good question. A lot of people have that question. Let's find out what God's word says. Preach the word, Paul says. And then he tells Timothy to be ready in season and out of season. Any of you felt like it was out of season when someone asked you a question or God provided an opportunity? Has that ever happened? Kind of catch you off guard. Paul's telling Timothy, and he's telling us: Listen, don't let it catch you off guard. Be ready. I, I, I love, I love languages. I'm I'm a weird guy. You guys know that, but I, I love languages. And and here, this uh, first of all, the the be ready part. That means uh, the kind of stand to. If you're a military guy, come to attention. Um, I, I watched a movie the other day about this little—I don't know—is John Carter. You ever seen John Carter? It's a weird movie. Um, so I was watching that, and that little dog thingy, whatever that does, that moves really fast, um, uh, made me think of that—that—that that, that in a in a, in a moment, in a second, you're there. It means to be present when it says, be ready. And then it says in season and out of season, that word season means opportunely, right? Yeah. That's a new word for you. Opportunely. I may have just made that up. I don't know. Um, it, it, it's actually here. You ever, you ever just, it was just so obvious God provided an opportunity for you and you're like, you're ready and you're going, man, this is great. I happen to have a track right here, <laughs> you know. This is awesome. We were just talking about this in, in Sunday school. And, and and it's just so obvious. It's so apparent to you, and, and you're ready, and, and it's a good time. You don't have to be anywhere. Maybe your flight got delayed, and you're just sitting around, you know, or you're on a 17-hour flight, and a person next to you says, hey, do you know anything about this Jesus guy, you know. <laughs> Uh, opportune. Man, we got time. You know what? I got the Bible right here. Let's look through this. The the other word out of season is in opportunely. In other words, when it's convenient and when it's not. Paul's telling Timothy to to be ready, to to, to be present, to to stand to when it's convenient for you and when it's not to to preach and and not the way that we talk about preach, but to proclaim, to share God's word to be ready to do that. And then he says, uh, he he gives us really three things here, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Reprove, we we talked about this, I believe it was just last week, reprove really talks about pointing out wrong teaching, right? So you reprove it, you you show that that's wrong. And I know that that we we live in a world that, that we're kind of... Scared? Is that a good way to put it? We're kind of leery to do that because um, our, our world says that that if you point out wrong teaching, that that that's bigoted and and that's hate speech, and you know to to say, I mean, I'll say it, to say that Allah is not the way to get to heaven, that Allah is not the one true God. Now, see, some of you are a little uncomfortable just with me saying that out loud, aren't you? You'll come visit me in jail next week if that's like going to happen that's what reprove means reprove means to point out wrong teaching and he says be be ready be 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 instant if you have i think the king james says be instant in season and out of season and and to reprove to point out wrong teaching listen we live in a world that that we really shy away from that and, and we can't we don't need to be ugly about it but we need to say when something is wrong don't we You know what? That's not true. That's what we need to say. That's not true. And and sometimes that's kind of hard with people. It's a lot easier when you always go back to God's word. So let's see what God's word says. What you're saying isn't true, but let me show you what's true. And then he says not only to point out wrong teaching, but he says to rebuke. Now, how many of you like that word rebuke? Anybody? (laughs) Peter didn't like it. When, when, when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, you know, when you rebuked him, rebuke means to point out wrong behavior. And now, now we're getting really uncomfortable in the culture that we live in. But because, and, and I hear this all the time and you may hear this too, you know, who are we to judge? You know, who are we to judge? Nah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that that's wrong. You can shoot that guy in the head if you want. Who am I to say? <laughs> we don't go that far, but really, that's the end of it, isn't it? Paul says to reprove, to point out wrong teaching, but we also need to point out wrong behavior. Now, I know, I know that we're hesitant to do this. You know why? Because when I point at you, there's three fingers pointing right back at me. And, and we think, well, I'm not perfect. Why should I point out when someone else isn't perfect? listen. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we need that for one another. And and it's not in a condemning kind of way. There's a difference between judging and action action and condemning a person. You you can say, hey, look, what you're doing is wrong. And you can say it in a loving way, and you're not condemning the person. You're you're saying what they're doing is wrong. And, And we need to do that. We have stopped as believers, and even in churches, we we stop doing that. And, and we get further and further away from the truth. Paul says, no, <laughs> preach the word. You be about sharing the word. And, and, and you be ready to do that all the time. Timothy, this is what you're supposed to do. So I would say to us, this is what we're supposed to be out about. We're to be salt and light. How are we going to be salt and light if we're not in contact with the world? And, and if we're in contact with the world, then we need to be able to point out wrong teaching. We need to be able to point out wrong behavior, not ugly. You don't have to be ugly about it. Not condemning the person, but you can judge in action. It's pretty easy with Scripture, right? And then Paul says here, and then he said, exhort. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Now, I love this word, exhort. Any of you ever heard the word, the Greek word, parakaleo? Okay, well, I didn't see recognition in any eyes over there. Paraclete. You know what the peri- It's not a shoes that you go running in. This word, exhort comes from the word parakaleo, that we get the word paraclete, which is what is used of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. That this word means called alongside is what the word means. So, so get this. So Paul is telling Timothy, so you repute, reprove, you point out wrong teaching, you rebuke, you point out wrong behavior, and along with this, that you exhort, you invite them to come alongside you. Do you see how that, that's not condemning, that's loving that's why when i looked at this i thought this is good parenting stuff man i need to like add this to my repertoire here for for parenting this is good for well how many of you have kids who have kids anybody have kids who have kids who have kids nobody's gonna yeah one okay someday we'll get there i keep telling my daughter i'm not in a hurry i hear the grandparenting thing's great but in my mind, I'm just not that old yet. <laughs> in, in my knees, I'm way older than that. I don't know. But this is good stuff. Listen, if we did this in our families, and if we also did this in the family of God, how, how cool would that be that, that when someone is erring, whether they're erring in their teaching or they're erring in their behavior, that we call them alongside, hey, come along with me. Let me show you the right way let's get back on track. exhort Paul says, and invite them to come alongside you. I love that and 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 I know I mean, I think parenting is has got to be the hardest thing on earth that we're called to do. Uh, the second part is teaching second graders but Kids Club's over for this year, so I'm, I'm getting over that. No, I loved our class. Invite alongside, come along with me. And, and sometimes we get tired. Sometimes that's hard. Here's what that looks like in life. When you call someone to come alongside you after you've reproved, you, you've corrected Or pointed out at least the errant teaching. You pointed out their errant behavior, and you call someone alongside you. That gets real personal, and that gets real personal real quick, doesn't it? And they see you when you stumble. But you know what? You know what comes along with this idea of calling them alongside you. Let's walk this road together. And you stumble. What do you do? Well, you model for them what happens when you stumble. You confess. You repent. You ask for forgiveness. Parents, if we did more of this with our kids, instead of, you know, we try the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. Parents, don't you wish that worked? <laughs> oh, don't you? No. They, they learn by watching us. They, they, they do what we do. I, I love this. I got to spend yesterday with, with my two daughters, and, and my older daughter said, something happened to me the other day. I realized I'm a lot like my mom. <laughs> it it just, it happens. We call them alongside, and then we model for them what it looks like to have a relationship with God. That's cool. If you want to get really scary about it, we model for them what a marriage looks like too. We model for them what it looks like to parent, right? (laughs) Some of you are like, okay, I'm going to start getting into God's word now. But what a neat picture of what Paul is telling Timothy to do. What a neat picture of what we're called to do. That that we share God's word. And listen, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have all of the questions answered to be able to share God's word with someone. In fact, I think it's a lot more effective when you walk through God's word with somebody. And you're not coming at them from, hey, let me let me from on high teach you, but hey, let's learn this together. Let's figure this out together. I've said before, I think it was just last week, that theology's best done in community. <laughs> you get together with someone and you just walk through that. And they say, man, that's hard. And you say, you know, I know that's hard for me too. I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure what that means. And you say, you know what, I'm not either. Why don't we pray and ask God to to teach us, to show us. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to forgive my enemy. You know what? That's a hard one for me, too. Why don't we pray and just ask God to do that in our hearts? I want to ask him to change our hearts first, and then we can do that. You see how that works? That's really what it looks like to do what Jesus commanded us to do in Matthew 28 when he says, teaching them to do all that I've commanded you. You walk with them and you show them. Now that's good parenting. That's good pastoring. That's actually just good discipleship. That's, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And isn't that what he invited all of us to do? When he says, follow me. He, he invited us to come alongside him. So this morning, uh, let me extend that invitation to you. No, no matter where you are on your journey in life, no matter where you are in your journey in faith, our, our mission here is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe for you, you haven't started that yet. Maybe that's something that, that you've thought about. Maybe you've, you've come come close a couple of times, and you said, "Ah, you know, I don't know. Let me just invite you to to come alongside Jesus on this journey. And and you know what? You've got people here who will come alongside you as well. If you've never come to faith in Christ, let me just invite you to do that today. It's not complicated. John 3.16 says, here's what we need to know. God loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus died in my place and your place. He took our sin and the punishment for our sin so that we could have a right relationship with God. And, and, and I hesitate to say what we do because what we do is really nothing, but what do we do? We simply believe. And for those who believe won't perish, be separated from God, but would have eternal life. I am so glad God made it simple and I'm so glad God did the work for me. Let me just invite you to come alongside this morning. And maybe say, you know what, man, I did that. I've been walking with the Lord over 30 years. Can, can I in, extend this invitation to you? Uh, invite you to come alongside Jesus and invite somebody else. Isn't it, wouldn't that it be cool? Hey, look, look, I'm going to follow Jesus. Would you come with me? And who knows, that, that might be the beginning of conversations where you preach the word, where you, you show them the word, where you teach them the word. It might be the beginning of conversations where, where they actually come to faith in Christ and, and you can walk with them. I have so many guys that have done that for me. And I want to be that guy for others. Let me invite you to come alongside jesus this morning let's pray father you are amazing in your love for us god i know that that some people struggle with the whole honoring mother and father because sometimes uh, if we're we're honest we just confess that sometimes parents aren't very honorable And, and yet you call us to do that anyway Lord, I thank you that you love us when we're not lovely. <laughs> I thank you that you demonstrated your love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies to you, that Christ died on the cross for us, that he He took our sin and he took the punishment for our sin so that we could have a right relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you that as your children that you always pursue relationship with us. <laughs> You always invite us to come alongside you. I thank you that, that when Jesus went to be with you, that he sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as, as comforter who teaches, who, who corrects our wrong teaching, who, who corrects our wrong behavior, and who invites us to come alongside him. Father, this morning I ask that, that God, that would be the invitation your Spirit extends to our hearts is to come alongside you to walk with you, to surrender to you. I pray this in Jesus' awesome and mighty name, amen.